this Saturday, this Saturday, this Saturday, Halloween itself, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., Mark Hopkins 210. What are you doing this Saturday? It's a pandemonium. Ain't nowhere for you to go. Come to Fright Night. BSU is doing a little a little, a little escape room called the Sunken Places Get Out themed. Mark Hopkins 210. Be there or be square. Come in costume. You might win a prize. You might win. What else? What else do I have to tell you? Get out your house. Come. Be socially distant. Be safe. Come have some fun. 7 to 11. Fright Night. Halloween. What else do you need to know? Welcome back, guys. You're listening to The Black Experience with Eileen. This is Brianna, President. Vice President Tara. And Secretary Hillary. And we are joined today with a new guest, Eileen. Do you want to just introduce yourself? Absolutely. Um, so like I said, my name is Eileen Million. Um, longtime high school friend of Tara Vallon, who invited me here today. Um, I currently go to Emanuel College. I'm a junior studying biology um, on the pre-med track. And some things I do on campus are student government. I'm currently the executive representative of diversity inclusion. Um, That's my biggest role yet, I would say, on campus. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. And what do you want to do with that degree, if you know? Definitely wanting to go into medicine. Um, I'm looking at a couple of different options. I'm currently looking at uh, the public health field oh. and getting like a dual degree. So that that's Hillary, right, Hillary? Yeah, Hillary's major is public health, correct, Hillary? Correct. Yeah. Hello, guys. So we are going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the healthcare system and. Um, how the healthcare system is not always fair to people of color. Um, and we're going to be talking about different like disparities. Um, we're going to be talking about women in STEM. We're going to mm-hmm. have fun because we have, we have a pre-med track person here. So we're going to pick her brain a little bit. And another woman in STEM. Hillary. Yes, two women <laughs> in STEM. So Us English time, majors are like... Yeah. <laughs> we... You know, there's um, like one... No, there are two women of color professors, I think. Two black professors yeah. who are women um, at MCLA. And one of them is Dr. Porther, right? Is that her name? Yeah. 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 And so freshman year, we had an Alana dinner. And so all of like the students of color were like, they like fed us or something. And, we, and she was the faculty person at our chair, at our table. And she was like, oh, so, like, what are you guys' like, majors? And we were all, like, English, 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 English. <laughs> and then she was, like, why are, you, why, why are all my Black women afraid of STEM? And we were, like, Ugh. Girl, I'm not <laughs> smart enough for STEM. Actually, no, I know I'm smart. I just feel like, for me, not trying to cut you off, I just feel like in my family, it's just, like, it's expected of me to, like, go into the healthcare. Like my mom's a CNA, my grandma is a registered nurse, my aunt is like in STEM because she's like a civil engineer, and like only one of my aunts is like a teacher, and I just mm-hmm. felt like my mom was like, "Are you sure you don't want to do nursing?" I'm like, "No, like that's not my passion." So yeah. it's like, did you guys 
Eileen and Hillary, did you ever feel like it was expected of you or do you like actually love what you're studying? It was expected of me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a mix for me. I feel like ever since I was younger, I've been really into science, but the second the words, I want to be a doctor left my mouth, like that has been what's expected of me. And I think I said mm. that like maybe 12. So I feel like once I like verbalized that, it was expected that that's what I was going to do. That's what I was going to go to school for. So although I am like passionate about science, I think I did feel a little stuck. Um, mm-hmm. But I think going into undergrad has allowed me to explore like more options. Whereas like in high school, I didn't have that same flexibility because a lot of it was because I didn't know. Um, I always felt that the path of a doctor, at least from like Google searches, was very linear. Um, mm-hmm. But just from like speaking to different people, um, I've been able to learn a lot of different things. And like I said, like um, exploring other dual degrees or just different degrees that would still pertain to medicine, but maybe not necessarily being a physician. Um I'm also currently minor in theology, which is something I would I never would have thought that I would have done, um, mm-hmm. would have been interested in, and not even to necessarily do anything with the de- the degree, but to do something outside of science that that I find really interesting. And not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> and you cannot have to answer this, but what is like your cultural background? Yeah, absolutely. I'm haitian um okay i I don't know what generation i am but i was born in haiti i think first for me technically um but we we immigrated here when i was two so i was raised uh pretty much american or at least like a mix of both um but i'm I'm pretty Mm -hmm. organized but i think again there is like a lot of my aunt's work in the healthcare field my mother is a psychologist so there is that that pressure whereas it's an interesting dynamic because i would say the men of my family yeah, I've never thought about it, but the men of my family don't have any um, professions in, in the healthcare or science field at all. I feel like mm-hmm. for Haitians, um, like they almost expect like women to be nurses. Like um, mm-hmm. that's almost like the only, not that it's the exclusive career track, but like if you meet a Haitian <laughs> kid and you ask them what their mom does, like, 95% chance their mom's a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> like, of some level. And, like, I think that all, none of my cousins are going into nursing. <laughs> and I think that kind of disappoints my aunt. Um, <laughs> and my parents are definitely, like, you're going to school to learn what? English? How long <laughs> have you been speaking English and you're going to study it some more? I, and I ask that because I know all of us here aren't, um, like, African-Americans, like, born, well, three-fourths of us. <laughs> <laughs> weren't like born here but we were raised here and I feel like but we still have backgrounds that aren't like that we're not African-American like you mean black like black American. American yeah and I feel like a lot of the times when it comes to like Caribbean or like African um, families when we are the first generation or like the first set of people to go to college besides our parents yeah. it's like expected of us to go into higher fields mm-hmm. to get like higher paying jobs like I'm gonna be honest this is so funny like me and Tara were in a poetry class and I wrote us three sonnets girl they were so good (laughs) oh they're so good and I called my mom and I'm reading it to her and you know what this lady said she said you're actually good 
I'm like, what do you mean I'm actually good? I'm like, babe, like, what do you mean I'm actually good? Like, my major is literally English with a concentration in creative writing. Like, I have to be good. And I feel like there's probably still doubt in the back of her mind, like, what is she going to do when she finishes school? Yeah. Or, like, something like that. And it's like, like, I'm good at this. Yeah, because, like, not to cut you off, Brie, but, like, yeah. No, yeah. Because to them... It's expected, like, right after you, you know, you graduate from college, you're expected to jump into that field just you were studying for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I also come in. It's like, in the beginning, coming into college, I didn't want to be that nerd because it's like how how um, Eileen said, it was expected of me to be in that medical field. And I hated it. I didn't want to be in no medical field. Like, I didn't want, Mm -hmm. like, don't get me wrong. I wanted to help you and stuff like that. But it's like, I wanted to be in business. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, my mom had the whole family tree talk me down on some uh, you know, tree. Yeah, like she had the whole family generation. The whole floor. Make me on some, you know, hey, come here, hey, come here. Like, oh my gosh. On some, you know, business is not for women. It's it's not something really? you want to do. Yeah. It's oh, not wow. You want to do. Like, it won't help you. It, it, like, it won't help you in the future. So, like, go into that medical field because she wanted me to be a nurse just like her. And I didn't want mm. that. My, I was just going to say, like, my mom. Like, not to call her out, mommy, I'm sorry if you're listening. She's not listening. But not to call her out. But sis literally said to me, like, if you're born here, or, like, at least, like, raised here, that's what she meant. Like, if you're raised here and you speak English fluently, like, school's easy for you. Like, Mm -hmm. she's, like, she, because she's been, like, studying to, um, she's currently an LPN, and she's been studying to be an RN for, like, the past, like, 10 years, um, and she was, like, this test, the only reason why I keep not passing it is because I don't speak English. She was, like, Ty, I could take the test, not study, and pass, and I was, like, sis, I, that's not how the world works, and so, like, when, and, like, they'll be, like, oh, like, in Haiti, like, we had to, we had to like go to the lamppost, the only lamppost in the country to oh study God. under the light to pass our test. You guys, you don't know, like you have lights and technology and like, yeah, that's facts. But also like school is not easy. Easier. Like, just yeah. because I'm studying English and not, not the STEM does not mean that, oh, I just waltz in, throw down a poem and I know boom, they get me a certificate. Like, <laughs> There's there's definitely that perception. I've definitely experienced that too, that they think as long as you study hard, you can get A's. Like that's such a concept. It's mm-hmm. annoying because I feel like I do work hard, but like if I utter that I got a B, my my mother will go crazy. Like mm. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel you. But I think it comes from like lack of understanding. Cause even like currently I I work in a lab. And I, I do research, which is something I feel like in America is like highly, highly regarded. Yeah, but they don't understand that. And when I was I was dabbling with um, going like for a PhD to like do research for a little while, but I don't like research. But that's sorry for another day. But I was like explaining that to them, and they were like, "Why would you want like why like they did didn't comprehend what it was, what I did, why it was important." Um, and despite like the public perception of it being highly regarded, they, they thought it was like dumb and they didn't like really understand. Like arguably I could make a lot more money a lot faster doing research than spending however many years in medical school. But I feel like the prestige that a doctor has, at least in their eyes, like overrides really anything. Um, and I'm sorry that you've, like, experienced that sexism. I wanted to double back because what they said about, like, 
business not being for a woman that's like kind of crazy I feel like for me to hear I, I mean I don't know because I've never like introduced that to like my parents so I really don't know how they'd react but I feel like to I feel like sexism and sexist comments from both my parents my mother and my father is something that I'm constantly like trying to combat but I haven't necessarily heard it in the perspective of like my career like I in that way it's like a blessing it's different things like they expect me to work and whatever I do they expect me to be good at it but they also expect me to like keep a house and I feel like oh, that gosh. way I've experienced sex and like I have three younger brothers who barely know how to wash a dish but yes <laughs> to agreeable. know how to cook a full meal which I don't and part of it was because like I resented that and like I purposefully like didn't learn how to cook like that's yeah. me <laughs> like <laughs> no joke and like that's it like if I had a cookbook and like all the ingredients maybe I could like finesse a meal but to do it from scratch yeah. without any like um measurements I definitely couldn't but I think part of it is like I said like that resentment because honestly like if I'm working like a full-time job like ideally like if I'm a doctor in however many years um whatever my husband's doing hopefully like we have the money to pay for a maid because I really can't imagine <laughs> coming home from a full shift at like the ER and cooking for my kids. Like my dad, his dream is to like open a Jamaican restaurant, he and he and he was like, he was like, oh, you're gonna have to learn how to cook these because like when I when I pass away, who's gonna make the food? Who's gonna? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was like, who's gonna manage? I'm like, bro, like I you. I would hire someone to do that. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you got me messed up. Like, my family is really like, you don't even know how to cook rice. I'm like, no, that's what a rice cooker is for. A rice cooker? Oh, no. I'm like, no, if that, I'm like, Asian people use rice cookers. Like, why can't I? Like, they really got me messed rice up really in that household. Difficult. Can anyone else cook rice? Yes, I, I can. Rice, but you can't see your hands. It's either too no, much but you ladies have it easy, though. Like, dead ass. No, like, I'm expected to cook. Like, it's like how tired situation. Yes, she would have my ass in that kitchen. <laughs> afternoon, chefing it up because she'll be home at five. No, you guys most definitely no. have it easy because I was supposed to chef up. I was, oh, no, it was. I would literally me. rather starve. No, like, no, I, I can't cook, right? Everybody in that house as if I was their slave. As if I was, just, like, I was getting paid for this. Mind you, it's all for free. And then on top of it, I get backlash on some. Oh, it's too salty. I don't oh, like how it tastes. Yeah, that's, that's the most disheartening thing ever. Like, if I just slaved over this, <laughs> and you're gonna tell me that it, it doesn't taste good, bro. Listen, I be cooking like I be cook. I be cooking quote unquote white people food, you know. And like I'll be like, oh guys, try it. I cooked, and they open the pot and they give me like a dirty look. I'm like, mm, I did that like, once. No, so serious. I did that once because I wanted to spice it up. I don't like to be doing the same culture food every single day. I'm not the type of person. I like to spice it up. So I did one time too. Came home on some, yeah, exactly. Like, like what is this? I told you to make this, this, and this, but I didn't want to make that. I wanted to spice it up. You want to eat the same food every single day? I don't. I like to be creative when I cook. Facts. But they be eating my, they be eating my mashed potatoes. So so so. No, that's really funny. It's true. Like, but they be eating it though. Like, I be coming home and I see her eating. It. I'm like, Ma, isn't that the food that you say you hated? What are you doing? <laughs> no, it's such a fool. Let me not. Um, Twitter, Twitter really be like, 
Um, I'm not gonna let no woman fettuccine Alfredo me to death. All right, bro. You better eat that <laughs> you better shit. Pick up, you better, you better pick up a it. spatula and figure it out. Because, bro, if it's for me, it's ramen noodles every night. <laughs> I mean, my my housemates be, be they be eating my food, so it can't oh, be bad. That bad. That pasta was good. Mm. Thank it you. It was. I might even go over <laughs> and just try to chef it up for me again. That pasta was good. I'm, I may talk. Did it again? No, you were with your housemates. Oh I'm not against like keeping a house. Like I would very much like to keep a house, but like presently, I don't have a house to keep. Like, listen, yeah, like I'm all for cleaning. Cleaning is very therapeutic, but cooking, no. I feel the opposite. No. If like no pressure, really? I wouldn't mind cooking. Like, if the food mm-hmm. is bad, like, nobody's going to come. <laughs> but, clean, like, cleaning an entire house, like, cleaning my room, like, deep cleaning my room maybe takes a day. Like, I couldn't imagine going through cleaning my room, the kitchen, the bathroom, the living room. Oh. Room. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't Just like to mess either. it up the next day? Absolutely not. Yo, like every day. Every, that's my life story right there. Hillary be breaking nails cleaning these, this bathroom. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm thinking about it, and what Eileen said is kind of facts. Like, we might need a maid because I don't do anything. Like, all I can do is laundry. <laughs> but then my mom wants to be like, she might take her husband. I said, who gonna hire a female, a woman maid? Huh? Men can clean. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I trust the man who cleans. It's really crazy because it's like, to them, the girl, the woman that's supposed to be doing the cleaning. They're supposed to be doing the mm. cooking. Because, like, when I brought it up, I'm like, okay, but, like, my husband can also cook, too. Like, I'm not about to be doing one in the kitchen slaving away 24-7. She was like, okay, but he's not supposed mm-hmm. to. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I looked at this woman like, what does that mean? What are you trying to say? He can't cook? He can't clean? Bro. Uh-uh, he can keep, you he know, can keep stepping then. Like, what, what are you talking about? You and, know what my mom said? My mom was like, um... Mar- you have to like marry a white man so that you don't have to spend all your days cooking. So, so white men don't eat. <laughs> That's news to no. me. No, I be no. Listen, I be telling my family, I'm like, well, it's a good thing that I'm trying to marry a white man because he won't care what I cook. Period. Since I think he'll care. he got taste buds. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, some That's of them like them, but I don't food, cook bro. like nasty. I think <sighs> part of it though is those cultural like expectations mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i mean i don't know that much Definitely. about like obviously like white american culture but like when the woman began working i don't or at least like for i guess as we're like moving forward like they weren't also expected to keep the house as much but for whatever reason like specifically for black, black um we're expected to do both we're expected to work keep the house raise the kids etc etc mm-hmm. but i think part of that especially like when you're looking at black America, like not to get like too deep, but like when you look at the war on drugs and the war on crime, that, like removed mm-hmm. like husbands and baby fathers, whatever, like from the house, like they were then not necessarily expected, but they, there was nothing else to do. They had to both work to like have financial stability and also keep the house and raise the children. And I think that trickles down. I don't know how much it, reflects on like immigrants and like people who aren't um i guess african-american but i think for black americans specifically that's part of the reason why women are expected to do both and do both well because Mm. this like notion Mm -hmm. that at any time really the man of the house could be removed from the house and you're you have to step up 
not to justify but that is Very a reason true. why if it's really gonna be like that then i might as well live by myself like <laughs> yeah this way no no one's expecting anything when i come home i live alone i eat when i wanna i starve when i wanna i like i cook what i want like i don't understand have any of you like faced any maybe not face it yourself but like read about or seen online or anything like a lot of people are coming out right now and talking about like why health disparities like medical treatment disparities exist um and why like doctors are literally like trained to to treat um black people differently than mm-hmm. white people um any thoughts any oh i have one i have one too i didn't realize this until i guess when i was older honestly like this year i think specifically with like covid and people pointing out health disparities but for the longest time my pediatrician was um an older white man um and for the longest time like since i had gotten my period i would have like these terrible cramps that like wouldn't go away again tara knows this so like wouldn't go away like when i took ibuprofen anything i would like throw up like all the time i would be like confined to bed that's me like heavy sweats whatever um <gasps> that's me yeah okay but keep going and i told well at first like first my mom told me it was normal she was just like you just need more iron you just need to eat beets right obviously like that wasn't the issue like i ate beets and nothing helped um and then it was my nurse who pointed it out she was like you need to like tell your doctor which i don't even know why but like that wasn't even something that had that had been like a thought but then I tell my doctor and I was like you know my period hurts and I feel like at least the way I remember it like before I even finished my thought he was like oh that's normal completely missed it like mm. and to me I was like okay my doctor whom I trust like tells me that it's normal I guess I'm gonna like live with this debilitating pain for the rest of my life um or like die from an ibuprofen over- overdose like those were the options so like for the next I think I maybe told him that when I was 13 14 so for the next like four or five years I still had those pains some days were like bad some days were like fine so then um I got old enough so he actually retired um and so I switched doctors and I had I got a woman doctor the time she's a white woman but a woman nonetheless and I brought it back up to her because she was in general like if there's anything that's wrong and immediately like right after that she prescribed me something and I've been like fine ever since but what was just striking to me was that if like my original pediatrician had taken like literally five seconds more to like listen to me I could have had a treatment like five years ago but I think again like what the media is saying that doctors whether it's that they're trained or that they're previous biases infiltrate like their treatments like they think that black people and specifically black women experience pain at a different level than comparatively like white men specifically um and so like that was my Mm -hmm. personal experience and like i said it wasn't until really when i got that woman doctor that i reflected on that and i feel like it made me like really angry at first um just because i was like why didn't he listen to me like he literally he and the thing is like he's given me like medications for other things like over the years so it just really frustrated me that like 
something so simple like couldn't have been treated before. Thank you for sharing that, Eileen. I'm sorry that you went through that. Oh, so mine wasn't, it wasn't something that had happened to me. It happened to a family member. Um, If I'm correct, Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure what it was. It was probably like a UTI infection. Um, So Mm -hmm. she was experiencing pain and she, you know, like she talked to, you know, my mother about it. Like, you know, because she had just, it's like, she was a black woman. She had just moved into the U.S., so she doesn't know, you know, the formation, how the system works, none of that. So she goes, so after a couple of days of pain, she finally goes to the doctor, you know, the emergency room, her husband took her um, to, you know, to really go check it out, to, like, see what it is. Mind you, she didn't know it was a um, uterine for, um, tract infection. So apparently it had spread, and I don't know, like, what it would even affect. I think it was her spleen or her liver. I don't know. But it had affected something. It affected an organ. And so now she had to go into surgery. Okay. So, you know, they set a date, you know, when the surgery would be cool, cool, cool. She goes into the surgery and, you know, she's over here thinking, you know, they've solved the issue. They've removed or, like, the organ that I was infected or whatever the case may be, um, she thought she'd, um, you know, she'd feel a little better. About a week goes by, a couple weeks, she's still experiencing the pain. So then she called, you know, my mother, she told her about it, and then uh, we went to go see her. We went to go see her. So after, we were a little bit confused because after experiencing the same pain that she had went into the emergency room, that she had went into surgery to, you know, have it resolved, to have it fixed, she was still experiencing that pain. So that's when we went to, you know, after more more research and like looking through the paperwork, we had gone to find out the doctor had removed something else. Oh no. Mm. Yeah. So that, like I said, that even created another huge issue that now she's going through. Cause the, the health issue that she had went to the, the emergency room or the hospital to have it like, resolved or have it fixed or have them prescribe some type of medicine or the surgery that was supposed to go well, you had went in and removed something else and not the actual problem that was actually, you know, you know what I mean? Like disturbing her. So now mm-hmm. she pees and she has to like, I don't know, they had probably cut something wrong. I'm not really sure. I'm a little hazy in the details. It's been a while. So now she pees with a with a bag. I don't know what those bags are called. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my so now she pees with a bag. So after she was talking, mind you, like I said, she had just come back from, she's fresh from Ghana, Africa. Like, she doesn't know, you know, how the doctors, how the system works. So, you know, me being the educated one, I'm on some, sue that doctor. Like, sue that facility, that entire motherfucking hospital, because that's unacceptable. That, that is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. call whoever you want to call, call the lawsuit, the lawyer, like, that's, that's not okay. It, that would not fly. Absolutely not. But because she wasn't able to do that ahead of time, it's too late now. That's terrible. So at this point, I don't know. Like it I'm is. not into that lawyer field. I don't know anything about suing. All I know is that you need to sue, but I don't know the details about the suing. And I don't know how that works. I only know like how. Yeah, I only know how the system works and like how they've done you wrong clearly, and how and like what you need to do. But I don't know the logistics like that. I don't know 
who you would call, like, but all I know is that you definitely need to sue them. That was unacceptable. Now this woman, like, mind you, she also mm-hmm. has, like, a two-year-old... Oh, my God. Two-year-old baby girl. Wow. She doesn't work. Nothing. Her husband works. Like, she stays home. She's a stay-at-home mom. She walks, She watches the two kids. She can't work. She's fresh from Ghana. She doesn't know anything. Like, she doesn't drive. None of that. That's so terrible. Wow. I just so and that's when I found out. Oh, my gosh. I don't even... I had to leave that room. And that's, like, literally, literally something that happens so frequently. Like, it's happening right now mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in ICE deten- detention centers. Like, they're doing forced hysterectomies on women. Um, like, the women, yeah. they go to the, the guards or whomever, um, and they tell them that they have, like, either, like a, like, a heavy period or, like, period pains or something like that. And they take out, like, their whole, I think it's uterus. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like your whole years? and they don't yeah. tell them because they don't speak English. Mm-hmm. So, and like, oh my goodness, that's like another thing. Like people, it's, like they, <sighs> oh my goodness, right? It's so like it's so frustrating. To me. It's so frustrating. It's it either is. You don't speak English. You're not educated. You don't know how things work. So they just tell you that you know they just tell you to yeah. sign this, sign that. They just tell you what you need to do. Right? So you, you're and not they, doing nothing. Yeah. You just do it. But then you go back yep. with the same complications or with the same error, and you're confused. You're like, okay, but I already, I already came here for this, so why is this still happening? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I feel like my story is very similar to Eileen's, except it was mostly like my mom telling me that I'm fine, like nothing's wrong with me, and I feel like that's like her like her reaction to like my pain was very like internalized or like at the back of her mind this kind of bias of like the healthcare system in general so like with Eileen like very similar to her like my period pain like I'd throw up I'd like have heat sweats I'd get cold like I'd really I'd be like on the floor like in fetal position like just in pain and like I would always like it would always be like the first day of my period and I would like tell my mom and she's like you're fine you're overreacting and so me I'm just like damn like I just gotta get through this like you know like what is there to do you know and it was I felt like hopeless like I'm gonna have to just deal with this my entire life until like I went to a female doctor my like lady doctor and I was just telling her I was like girl like this, this, this. I'm thinking I have, like, endometriosis. I don't even know. I'm thinking I have just a ton of, like, awful things wrong with me. And she was like, oh, you know, you're just one of the few girls that gets awful periods. And then, like, Eileen, she, like, prescribed me life-saving pills. Like, they they saved my life because I don't know. I wouldn't know. And I feel like my mom didn't take it serious. But, like, I don't think she, she really didn't understand. Like, it was literally crippling. Like, I... I was like bedridden like the first day of my period. Like I could not get out of bed. So definitely. Cause I know like Serena Williams, like when she had her baby, she literally like sued the hospital because they weren't taking her pain seriously. Oh. And like she almost died. I remember when that yeah, happened. I've been seeing yeah. a lot on like Twitter. Uh, guys, I know every single episode I talk about Twitter. Twitter's my sole news source. So I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um uh but, like, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter about how, like, um, the, um, 
oh my goodness, like the labor process, like childbirth has been like altered a lot for profit. Um, and like, I already know, like the mortality rate for, for black women is so much higher. Like when it comes to like childbirth, I'm um, in mm-hmm. like complications and stuff. And yeah, I mean, like that's basically something that that's been really troubling me right now because even though I'm single as ever, <laughs> I would love to have children um, mm. in the near future, hopefully. Um, and so, like, when it comes to that time, I'd rather not die while having a baby. I'd like to enjoy mm-hmm. my children. And I'd like for my children to come out alive. Yeah. And I feel like that it's very important to have people of color in the medical field who don't feel, like, pressured to be in the field but Mm -hmm. actually like have a passion and I know that Eileen and Hillary you've probably grown to love the medical field and I salute you because I know I I I mean I'm learning every day how corrupt it is and I think part of why I Mm -hmm. still want to is I mean just to you know be a person who's in it to at least if not expose a lot of the issues to help fix them um but you know even to this day like i don't fully trust i don't fully trust doctors i don't fully trust scientists yep, same um, here. and there's history for that um and as much as i appreciate i appreciate the science but not necessarily i think how people use it i think is the best way to say it um but i think it's that's just really the unfortunate consequence of a society that values money over really anything else um and i think the our medical field specifically the way it's structured in america is really the worst examples of that um or best examples of that i don't know but yeah i was speaking to someone this morning who she's also doing the pre-med track here at mcla um and she was telling me how like she just recently had a procedure that um after she had the procedure they were like oh actually uh, maybe we didn't need to do that. It might have been an accident. And it was like an, an invasive like surgery. Um, and she was like, the the more I'm, I'm seeing like a bad side of the medical field right now. And uh, it's kind of making me not want to go into it. Um, so like, yeah, I do. I do really applaud you guys for for like kind of like seeing the issues and still um, still s- sticking with it. No, it's truly messed up. I just read a book. Um, that was talking about the book specifically. It's called um, Unhealthy Politics. I would highly suggest it. It's a really good read if you're interested in that. I don't even say if you're interested in that. I think if you care about your your medical um, like wellness, you should read it. But it was basically talking about the intersectionality of politics and medicine. Mm. And one half of the book was talking about basically how scientists or specifically doctors don't progress as much with evidence-based medicine so um part of their evidence was that there were like 75 percent of women who did not have uteruses who had a full hysterectomy were still getting sorry who had no uteruses were still getting hysterectomies which is like to check if you have like a disease of the uterus or like um, uterine cancer, things like that. And those women didn't have uteruses, right? Which logically doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Another piece of evidence was that uh, like doctors still conduct knee surgeries 
really invasive, possibly debilitating knee surgeries, like I think that example you're given. And evidence has shown that there are less invasive and better ways, things like physical therapy or um, like, you know, better diet and exercise, like simpler things that that work better than the knee surgery. But because the knee surgery brings in more money or the most money really compared to those other things, doctors continue to use them, even though there's no evidence that shows that the knee surgeries work any better than the other procedures. So it's it's a really... Like I was saying, it's a really corrupt field, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people want to do good, but um, they either don't know or, you know, you get you get sucked into the, you get sucked into a system, an already bad system. And it's really hard to I will say it's really hard to change it while you're already in there. But I think that if enough people are aware, like even these conversations are really great, because if enough people are aware that there are issues um we can really start to change and make it better. Yeah, and I think another thing that people forget is that we live in a we live in a capitalist society, um, and in a capitalist society, anything that makes money is thus a money making engine. You know, and so like the medical field, though we see it as this like highly respected thing, it is at the end of the day something that makes money, and like. So one thing, one way I really realized this is that I've had like um, an, a problem with like my ankle and like my leg um, and possibly like an, a greater issue since like 2016. Um, and like my doctor sent me to physical therapy. I went to physical therapy, spent money on that. And they were like, oh, actually, uh, this isn't a physical therapy issue. Um, sent me back to my doctor. My doctor sent me to a specialist. The specialist poked my leg, charged me $600 for that sent me to a more specific specialist who like I went into the office, sent me away, that cost $600, um, told me to come back for a procedure that cost another $600 and I have to go back to pay another $600 to get the result of the procedure. So oh after like over a year of bouncing around mm-hmm. Boston Children's Hospital, I have no result and a phone call from them at least once a week telling me that I owe them money. So, so it's like, yeah, it's corrupt and it's 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 a money making industry. And that's what makes it sad though, too, because it's like it's like how it's like you were saying, Tara, like we do need more women of color in that field, which is one of the reasons why I'm also doing it. Like I understand, like if it was like if we were to like really, really be honest, like I won't even be in that medical field because like look you don't want to do it. But after being in that field, I did find a passion which was midwife i want to be in you know i want to help the women you know give birth healthy you know what i mean they both make it out and we're not on some oh we ended up cutting the we've lost too much blood she can't make it all this other stuff no 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 no. that's your fault that's that's the reason why she's lost a lot of blood so that's like one of the reasons why i actually wanted to do it. that's literally one of the reasons why i'm, I'm pushing so hard i'm pushing myself because it's like I want to be that woman of color. You can come to that doctor. You can call on some, you know, hey doc, like I'm not feeling well. Like, on some, yeah, come in. Like, let's let's let me check you out. You feel me? That's that's what it is. And it's like, I want to I want to be able to do that for both the mother and the child that you know I'm helping her bring into this world. I want them to both make it out. That's why I'm doing it. But other than that, yeah, the. 
system is, is really crazy, bro. Tell me, I'm gonna save your number when I'm pregnant. I'm gonna call you. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you so much, Eileen, for joining us. Yeah, um, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And I thank both Eileen and Hillary for the work that you guys are doing right now, studying, and for the work that you're gonna do um, for women of color in the future, and just for people in general. Because even though you yourselves personally can't change the system, maybe there's that one patient who's gonna tell you Dr. Millian or Dr. Hillary, I don't even know your last name, Dr. Demoa. Um, <laughs> oh, Dr. Demoa. I feel pain in X location and you're gonna listen to yes. them and you could save their life or at least save them a lot of pain. So thank you for everything that you're going to do in the future. Thank you for listening, everyone. This was The Black Experience. And please follow us on Instagram at MCLABSU. You'll find the link to our podcast and to our website in our bio. And if you are interested in doing what Eileen did, being a guest, go to our website using the link in our Instagram bio and fill out the form. We'd love to have you on here. We want to hear your voices. Tell us what you want to talk about. <laughs>